0: What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today, we're joined by Penelope Cressabine from Western New York Normal, David Holland and Nancy Udell from Empire State Normal. We're gonna be talking about uh, cannabis legalization in New York and the bill that's on everyone's mind. Let's see, Senate Bill S-854. So let's just get right into it. Hey, Penelope, David, Nancy,
1: everybody, and Mickey and Tom, what's up, little house? Hey guys, joining us to talk about New York—it's one of the most emerging of the emerging agricultural markets in the United States. It hasn't been emerging for like three years. I mean, every time Cuomo speaks, <laughs>
2: I think the word "emerging" is is a misnomer since it's been around for about fifty or so in New York.
3: I mean, please tell me how South Dakota is ahead of New York. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Strange People things are known to happen. happen. <laughs> Yeah. Well, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and, and tell us uh, what organization you're with? Should I start, I
4: guess? <laughs> I'm Penelope Hamilton-Cresby, and I'm over in the western side of New York State. I'm with Western New York Normal. I'm the executive director over there right now. And uh, got to see what we can get done this year.
2: David? Hi, I'm David Holland. I'm the executive and legal director of Empire State Normal, which is New York State's uh, uh, affiliate of the National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws and happy to be part of this program. I'm
0: next. Yes. (laughs) Hi, I'm Nancy Udell, and I'm I'm the uh, director of Empire State Normal. I'm also the treasurer and I've been an advocate for several years for cannabis legalization and a long-time cannabis consumer.
3: I love the New York draw. I can just hear it.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I, I live in Brooklyn. What do you expect?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a
1: strain yet. Well, they have New York City diesel. That's a very famous strain, but there's so many more strain opportunities in the future. However, let's talk about where New York currently is with its medical uh, uh, status that they have, because New York is a hybrid state in the sense that they do have a medical program. I'm not the biggest fan of it, Uh, but then they also have a bill. So before we get to the legalization bill, what's the current status of uh, the medical Penelope? It looks like uh, you're uh, kind of aware of what's going on there. <laughs> ah, the medical. Um, you know, it's
4: it's been a real struggle because of the program and um, trying to see what we can get done. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really sure where we're going to be at. You know, this year we're looking into getting these improvements. We don't even have flour over here in in New York s- State. Not not the flour when you you think of it. When you look at other programs. Um, And the the way it's set up right now, a lot of people are just, um, and I don't even like to say being forced back to the illicit market, but actually being forced for the first time. They're finding hope and help with cannabis and relief, and then not being able to uh, get what they need or afford it. And actually, uh, and I'm a patient myself, and that happened to me. I actually found myself going elsewhere when I never even did beforehand.
3: So if I move to New York like next week and, you know, is there a place for me to go sign up to be a patient and then a store for me to go make purchases or do I still have to do handshakes and know people?
4: (laughs) Uh, We do have, um, it's pretty easy to get a medical card in New York state. Uh, Most all, most people do it through online. Um, It's, it's difficult to find an actual provider or doctor in person, especially in rural parts. When you think of New York, a lot of people just think about the city and you can get a lot more access over there. Well, we're a a large state in a sense, and you look around and, you know, the city's down, downstate, as we say, and I'm upstate. So we've got a lot of rural areas. People do not have access. Um, The dispensaries are limited and people have to, even myself, I would travel a two-hour round trip to get to a dispensary. Um, but yes, you can get it. You can get a card for about $150. It's pretty easy. Not many questions asked over the phone, you know. Uh, but uh, after that, you're on your own, and there's not very much available in the program.
3: Damn. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, most people think that New York is New York City. Not. I mean, because it is rural. I've been to the northern side. But it's uh, the tragedy of it is that that's not a medical program. That's terrible. They aren't being able to have adequate supply or adequate pricing to be able to benefit the patients. And um, do you know how many patients there are in New York State? Because it's a state of almost 20 million people.
4: I don't know our number. Uh, David or Nancy, do you know where we're at?
2: And the last number I saw, so under the Compassionate Care Act, you have to become a registered patient. And some of what Penelope is talking about, about lack of access, is the there were only ten registered organizations, which are the vertically integrated um, medical facilities that grow it, process it, and sell it. So in a in a state of twenty million people with only ten organizations, one organization services two million people in theory. Oh um, as right mm-hmm. now, I don't believe it's even two hundred thousand in the program. So you have less than one percent of the people of the population of the state. Um, being serviced across a very wide area through only 10 organizations that have smaller retail outlets available to them, but still most of them are, are uh, put or placed within more of the metropolitan areas of New York City than anywhere else. So it's yeah. a, And it's an extremely expensive, it, 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 and it's not only cost prohibitive, but as Penelope was describing, it's geographically prohibitive for people to really exercise that rather than go to the legacy market they've always gone to.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, everybody who's tuning in from not from New York, you know, first off, thank you for joining us and smash the likes and subscribes because he just illustrated something that if you're getting a medical uh, brought to you, for example, like if you're joining us from Mississippi and medical's coming, uh, you want to make sure that you avoid this vertical integration where you only have 10 license holders for the entire state because now essentially you have a monopoly. And so when they legalize it, I would. Actually, I kind of remember that in the, from my reading of the bill. They speak to these previously existing license holders. And so they're just going to open the doors for them for at least a year, maybe more. And, and then how long is it going to be before you have adequate supply? So when you have a hyper-limited, vertically integrated market like you have in New York State, Pennsylvania, uh, Florida, or Arizona, it, there's always going to be an illicit market because the illicit market has nowhere to go and the supply won't be there. The price will be too high. And then uh, hopefully now that we can kind of turn to the, uh, the new bill that's coming up uh, and the, the, the vision that New York has for adult use regulation. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Who's, who's, has anybody been working on it or or who's been involved in creating the bill?
2: Well, so let me just clarify uh, one thing. And And then i'd have nancy come in but there are actually two bills that are in new york both coming around for their third time around so one's called the crta which is what the governor proposes in his budget called the cannabis regulation taxation act that uh, proposes adult use as well as a reorganization of adult use medical and what's going to be the industrial hemp and and cannabinoid industry all under one roof Um, whereas the legislature should that not pass for the third year in a row They have their own competing bill that you've been mentioning, which is the MRTA or the Marijuana Regulation Taxation Act that solely really deals with uh, adult use cannabis and some degree uh, reorganization of the medical uh, uh, provisions and licensing program that's out there. And those are the things that are going on in several advocacy groups. And I'm going to have Nancy speak to it further. Um, And normal, which we represent, is one of the pillar groups of the Uh, Start Smart campaign and what that's all about. And there's an incredible amount of lobbying and dedication that Nancy and others put into that program. So Nancy, I'd have you sort of fill it out from there.
0: Okay. Okay. First of all, we support the MRTA. And the reason being is that the MRTA has a robust social equity program. Uh, the uh, the CRTA in the governor's budget, it's a very limited program and uh, activists are not happy with that. So that's one thing. The other thing is that they have eliminated home grow and social consumption venues from the CRTA. The MRTA has it now in a city like New York, where you have which which smoking is sort of like equals evil. Uh, you There's no place to smoke and you have uh, places with federally funded housing and all kinds of problems with that. And the the fact that and, we, and the MRTA uh, provided for six plants, whether it be um, medical or adult use, um, and that you could you could cultivate that at home without being uh, criminalized. The CRTA is now overtly going to criminalize people that, quote, by untaxed marijuana, which means marijuana that has not been sold in a dispensary, or someone who who grows it at home, uh, I personally, and I think a lot of our members agree, that's not real legal, uh, legalization. That's over regulation.
1: Yeah, that's what we have in Illinois. Like it, they define it as a purchaser. A purchaser can have the cannabis. Oh a government created monopoly. And then me as a medical patient, and this might be um, a concession to give up because I I would prefer to see the Myrta as opposed to the Curta. The only difference is I I don't like the naming convention for Myrta because it still uses the word marijuana, but it had a lot of good uh, license structuring and social equity aspects into it. But uh, it was one thing you can give up is be like, all right, well, adult use doesn't have six plants, but give it to the patients because that, will help fix a lot of the problems with the, um, and then give the tax break to the patients so that they can actually access the retail locations in the adult use market, but at a different price point if they have their card. Nancy? Oh, uh,
0: by the way, I have something to add to what you just said. Uh, there are currently uh, separate bills now in the legislature that provide for medical insurance to cover patients. For, wow. for a cannabis, nice and among other bills. So people have thought about it and put it in as a separate bill because uh, you know I think those are probably a little more controversial.
2: But one of, of the problems that you, know, you have, Tom, sharing. that you raise is that with the medical patients, you know, pricing is everything, and taxation is everything that drives the price. And if it gets to be so prohibitively expensive under the medical program that it's cheaper for a qualifying patient to go to the regulated market just to buy adult use, they're going to go there without the guidance or the, the suggested uh, 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 protocols that would be put in by medical professionals. And if that's too expensive, they're going to go back to the legacy market, which will continue to thrive as long as the, um, you know, the taxation rate is too high to su- make it a sustainable long-term program. You
4: yeah, know, we need incentives for the patients to 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 want to use the program and, and stay using it. You know, right now, a lot of them cross the borders. Uh, the, the coronavirus was very difficult because we had a lot of patients that were, you know, going over into Massachusetts and, um, you know, it, it makes, right now, they can't even get access, you know, in that sense because, I mean, you know, part of a large community. So I hear from a lot of the patients directly and I get a lot of comments and and messages sent to me. Um, But you know, like you in Illinois, you've got the lower, uh, the tax, basically not taxed. I know it's a, I think a very small, Um, Mm -hmm. you've got your home grow, you've got a VA plan. So you've got things in, in place to, you know, to grow your program. So
1: yeah. So that was one of the uh, illustrations that I did, uh, on a few episodes past, you know, this is a $20 gram. And by the time you walk out of there with the adult use license, uh, to purchase, it's a $25 gram. Cause they'll slide five bucks worth of tax right on top of it. And then if I had my medical card, I think it still would have been a $20 gram or a $19 gram. Ooh, but then that's it. And so, uh, like, and I was just buying recreational in Michigan the other day It was a twenty dollar gram there and they'd slide three dollars worth of tax on it. So there's going to be ample opportunity for the state of New York to be able to collect hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes. And, you know, I would prefer that we don't have Cuomo's plan, which would uh, keep it vertically integrated or like not really address the social equity keep those license types open. And when the social equity actually is is required, like you're kind of seeing and how they do with the micro licenses in New Jersey, or the social equity license in Illinois, you create uh, hundreds, if not thousands of new LLCs, new businesses that have to form to be able to satisfy social equity. And then that allows for local requirements, like in the states of Jersey, for their microbusiness. And that's what really creates uh, access to the market and brings down the price point, because raising a million bucks for a business is much easier than raising 50.
2: (laughs) So and those are good points. And that's one of the things um, that Cuomo has consistently done is try to create on the adult use side, as compared to medical, is to have horizontal licensing. So you can't own every step of the process. That is supposed to give multiple entry points that are low cost into the marketplace. And social equity, which is a driving force of every state's program that's out there, um, is something that's easier said than done. And in the the governor just dropped on Tuesday night his latest version of this, which is going to, after five years, cap social equity funding at $50 million, even though you may end up in a billion-dollar-a-year program. So. We have 64 counties in the state of New York. That means you're taking about 550000 or $600,000 per county to try to redress the harms of the drug war. And I, I can't imagine any program that could be effect- effectively implemented on such a low budget. So there is a, a great disconnect as to what social equity means and how to go about funding it. And that's the problem uh, of the CRTA under the governor, is it's all run by a state-run organization rather than at the local level, which is what the legislature is pushing for in the MRTA. Let the municipalities decide how to get the money, or at least let them be the direct beneficiaries of the money that they can implement local programs rather than have somebody at the state level do that. Hmm. It's a a big power struggle that lays ahead, depending on which bill that goes ahead.
3: Do you guys think the policing issue – because, I mean, New York seems to have a policing issue still that, um, you know, they seem to want to have to arrest somebody. There has to be a bad guy, you know, like, you know, especially with cannabis. I know there's a good culture in New York. Like, uh, High Maintenance was a great show about delivery systems. There's other uh, uh, networks throughout New York. Uh, When I used to live in Jersey, I used to go to a pizza place that you have to secretly knock, and you would get an extra pizza with weed. You know, like, there's – New York has a culture. And and, and what is the holdup? Why – why is South Dakota ahead of you guys? Like, like what is going on? I mean, high times was started there. I mean, like that's, it just seems to me like New York has this very, you know, cause of course, is it New York city that makes the decisions for all of New York state? Is that seems to be a problem for you? <laughs> I mean, it's cause it's, that's always like the debate, right? Country versus city is a thing, but
2: well, the problem is you have the you have the nation's largest city that has no say in how the state necessarily is going to implement its programs because you don't have a voter referendum like you have in every other state that's passed an adult use regulation with the exception of Illinois going straight to a legislative procedure. So you, while the population counts, the voice isn't there to be heard outside of lobbying people, which is what has happened so effectively through the Start smart campaign and what normal has done since its inception and Nancy and I for New York state normal have been running it since 2008. And, uh, and, and, and Penelope is a big player in the Western New York, which opened up a few years ago. So the voices are, are there, but the galvanization around the single issue doesn't exist because you just take an issue like social equity and say, okay, let's all rally around that right until you'll have groups of people that will say, but it's not uh, benefiting in this particular group of people or this type of, um, You know social enclave or municipality and then you'll have people that say well if it's not there then we won't support it as compared to other people that say politically let's take what we can get and try to improve it so the the line of demarcation becomes much more like a jagged lightning bolt than a very clear-cut line and um so that's one of the problems of new york is that there is the city in the views of many and then there's everything else and the everything else has a very very critical say Mm -hmm. And what happens and one of the driving forces of the MRTA is uh, uh, Ms. People Stokes, who is Crystal People Stokes from Buffalo, is the driving force of this legalization on the MRTA. Mm -hmm. And uh, to to discount what she has to say or her constituency would be a very foolish errand um, Mm -hmm. because they have a very powerful voice.
3: The reason why I say this too is because I, I mean it wasn't that long ago that Eric Gardner died because of cigarettes, right? Like the cigarette lobby has really good people that enforce because the cops are you know excited to enforce that law. You know, cannabis is gonna be the next, like
1: you know, we gotta train these guys, like, it's not worth well, why do. you have the tax dollar. Do they have any tax dollars that are allocated from the Murta that goes to reprogramming the police? Because we need to brainwash them again. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, sadly, and I just because of my I don't mean to, to dominate here, but my background is criminal defense work. Mm-hmm. And so the problem was, and somebody aptly put it a long time ago, that marijuana was a Swiss army knife of law enforcement, because all you had to do is say, hey, I think I smell pot. Get out of your car. I'm going to frisk you down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you'd either have people confessing to what they were doing or providing information about how they got their pot or or all sorts of other things. So it was an incredibly effective law enforcement tool. And in days before we had uh, with the bail reform and everything else that came with it, um, you know, it was a way by which cops would be able to work overtime that were paid very little money for what they did. But this is how they would afford their kids braces. And this is how they pay for ballet lessons. They would have to do things. That caused overtime to be generated and weed cases were really easy because the people are generally not very problematic. Like if you went to a bar after 4 a.m. when state law says be closed, you're going to have a really belligerent person on your hand, whereas pot people are pretty mellow all the way around. So they were very easy to pick on. Mm -hmm. And then it became a matter of racial enforcement saying it's more it's more effective to do it in a high Mm -hmm. density area of people of color who have no voice and representation. Than it is to do it somewhere else. So, so there's there's a whole systemic issue that's in that. It's not just cops being bad. It's just how they were taught to go about their policing. Yeah. And that defunding the police is a great notion, but I would use a different name because it's not mm-hmm. about cutting their funding. It's about reallocating it to things like um, uh, real public health and safety issues. Because being black or Hispanic wasn't necessarily a public health or safety issue, but policing made it that way. And so that that's what needs to be addressed.
3: Oh, for sure. So, what do you? Th- what can someone do in New York to help uh, progress the issue? You know, is it up to the Cuomo? Are is that it? Are you just like fingers crossed? it's us wait. Or is there something somebody can do?
1: Who are you asking that to, Mickey?
3: Anybody that knows.
0: <laughs> I can, I can answer that. Okay. Yeah, good. We, we, you have to lobby your lawmakers. You have to, now, unfortunately, during the pandemic, you can't go to their offices and sit there. But we ask all our members and everyone we know to bombard the, uh, their assembly people and their senate people because the the Democrats now have a supermajority in the uh, New York State Senate, and we also have, I believe, seventeen to the uh, TA. So I think that it puts us in in a good position to negotiate with with the uh, with the governor uh, because we're not we're not happy with the CRTA. and I think that they expect us to negotiate because they took out all the goodies and put on put in all the bad stuff in the CRTA. So I think they Thanks. want to start off really far far away and then come back to a spot where they they. Are willing to go with i think i kind of think that the home growth for medical probably can be negotiated in i i, I really don't think I, I and we're going to try for the adult use, but i'm not sure we'll get that far
1: yeah the money's then they're like oh they'll everybody will be growing like it's so magically easy to grow good weed <laughs> like you know like it doesn't take six months actually it, it does it takes way longer than that because you're gonna not have grown weed before. So you're gonna yeah. suck at it for about a year. And then most people are gonna stop and they're just gonna go buy a, a $20 gram. But the ha- the patients should have the ability to struggle through that because then they, they might get uh, an ounce their first grow and it might not be that great, but it, for the price, it might be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll have more and they'll get an adequate supply and it can really help. Um, What about, uh, Nancy, do you know about the commission? Because I've really read the Murta more than I've read the Kurta. And, you know, uh, there's this commission that's, you know, anticipated. Because when I I was reading the law, it's not that big. It's like 115 pages. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know,
0: this commission, you mean you're talking about the cannabis control commission? Yeah. Okay. Well, All those people are appointed by the governor, Uh, but uh, as Dave might tell you, we know some of those people, and some of them are good, but a lot of people object uh, to the governor having so much control over it. He wants Hmm. to micromanage this, and I think, uh, you know, uh, that's not a great thing, but we may not be able to uh, do anything about
2: that.
1: Does Governor Cuomo have previous cannabis experience?
0: (laughs)
2: the jokes. Those are
1: the
0: Way <laughs> back.
2: Well, he's Governor Buzzkill when it comes to that. No, he doesn't.
1: But <laughs> Nancy Yeah, you you mentioned though that now there's a supermajority in the legislature, so the Democrats are really calling the shots uh, in in New York right now. It appears, um, and so which one will pass? That that's a great question.
0: Well, that's that's a good question. I I think it'll be like sausage making. You know, I think it's going to be a compromise between uh, the two bills. That's my personal opinion.
1: Most likely, but the the fact that you
0: New York, it's all
1: right. Well. The other thing that I noticed about the law when I was reading it, and I should familiarize myself more with the other bill, uh, the Curta, uh, but a lot of it isn't like in the law. They, a lot of it says then this commission's going to be there and the commission's going to make all these regulations and then like, it's going to set the numbers of licenses and then get what you have to put into the application and then publish those applications. Uh, based on your familiarity with the legislative process in New York, how long are we looking at like after they pass the law and it's going to go to Cuomo's desk, how long to create the rules? How long for the public
2: comment period? So I'm just jumping in real quick because public comment generally has started already, you know, so Mm -hmm. Normal and other organizations are are already filing um, uh, new objections to the governor's proposal. And now that the MRTA came out a little bit early, Um, you know, reinvigorating it. And it's a little bit like Nancy said, it's somewhere between sausage making and the Wizard of Oz of don't look behind the curtain. Um, The governor just wants to say, here are the bones of the program, we'll flesh it out later, just pass it. Whereas most of the advocacy world is saying, we want to know more distinctly how this is going to implemented and who are the beneficiaries of the social equity programs and how that money is going to get allocated. And the difference really between the governor and the legislature is, in his bill, he gets to appoint everybody that then oversees a potentially, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of tax revenue over which only fifty million goes to social equity, and he can assign anywhere else. Versus the legislature is saying there's a distinct percentage going specifically to these types of equity programs and these kind of community rebuilds, and they the legislature itself gets to also appoint people to that board, so it's not a, a completely a group of yes men.
1: Well, yes, uh, yes.
2: People, I should say
1: there's there's this great uh, website going around Illinois right now, uh, just explaining how fraudulent our cannabis um, uh, round was Uh, like 77% of the licenses went to like six connected families, you know, so uh, if they start handing it out, just like you mentioned, Uh, Just look for 77% of the New York cannabis market to be controlled by New York's six most politically connected families. (laughs) I'm not saying that you need that. Um, I'm actually saying that if you do that, it's un-American, so don't effing do it. Uh, But they they could, you know. And so that's one of the reasons why when you see these license caps and limitations and standardizations at the state level, where then, like, if there's too many applicants and not enough licenses – they hit that level of compliance and then they're entered into a lottery. So it doesn't matter if you paid off such and such, uh, because it's, there's a little bit more randomness and standardization to it.
3: Do you guys think if, uh, um, with legalization coming up, <clears throat> cause you guys seem like to be trying to shoot for the moon, both recreational and refine your medical. Uh, it just seems to me like I would just focus on a medical first, you know, like a maybe community driven type, uh, uh, um, you know uh we have collectives you know like that would give the patient a chance i mean you got a lot of things against the patient it seems in, in your guys area and uh just opportunity for the patients themselves because the patient conversation i think it's what opens the eyes to all the other citizens they're like oh shit these guys grandma's taking weed and and not you know going off the cliff uh you know and that's where you know we still have the stigmas that we're fighting do you think maybe next time if it doesn't happen this come around it just seems every year como always says we're gonna have legalization recreational mm-hmm. and then you know again south dakota did both at once yeah
1: they, they were allowed to vote on it that's the problem <laughs> what the
3: mean,
2: penelope what do you think
1: wow
4: um You know, it's been one of the most difficult parts, you know, especially for me, because that's where my passion, you know, lies and and how I began, you know, in this uh, in this fight. And I joined uh, up with Normal because they were the most organized, um, you know, group. And I reached out through them and they've been very gracious to help, um, you know, make medical a point that we can work on. And I want to point out, too, that the MRTA is written as a social equity piece you know, really an adult use. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, and people think that we're doing this. It's, this is not an access issue. This is not for everybody to have access to marijuana. This is about social equity and how it is, you know, how marijuana has been used against people disproportionately. So it is not written for medical. The CRTA actually has more in it for medical and it com- comes out and says it. But, you know, I think what Nancy says with the sausage, um, you know, maybe we kind of work together. And, you know, in my opinion, yeah, I think that social equity piece, Nobody wanted to step out and just do medical because they felt that the social equity piece would get put behind, yeah. and that Cuomo would would only hear that and work on that, and that we wouldn't get anywhere. You know, with the millions of people that I mean, come on, we're a, the leader. You know, New York is yeah. for, for hurting. You know, for for the arrests, the disproportionate arrests against people of color. Um, uh, so well, what,
1: uh, Penelope, what are some of the, um, best fixes to New York's medical program that could be accomplished through uh, a hybridization of the murder and the curta together?
4: Well, the, like you, you mentioned the home grow right there would answer, you know, that would give us a, a lot of answers right there because they don't have true whole flower in this program.
1: Access to medicine. You know, so,
4: so the access, all the agricultural people you have in these rural areas, that's going to take care of a lot of problems with the people who can't get into the city and get to the dispensaries and get out. You know, we're we're an agricultural state. We have to remember that too. Um, so to to remove that, I know it's a really it's a big issue. You know, to think about growing with, with population and city, uh, but that would be our our few, huge step right there. Because um, we only have highly, you know, processed products really mm. that are available in New York State. The whole plant, the whole flower, the full spectrum is not there. They seem to want it to look like a pharmaceutical, so that you can have that insurance uh, coverage, and that would look better to the insurance. Um, you know, that that's a that's a spot that's difficult to deal with. Do I want insurance coverage for these people as an advocate and as a patient myself? Yes, but does that mean that? We have to let go of the whole plant, you know, full spectrum and entourage yeah. effect to do that. Ac- access.
1: access to the plant too, and you know? the access
3: and varietals. I mean, once you have homegrown, then you'll have different varietals that you can figure out. Like, yes, this one helps my MS. Or right, then, yeah, yes. right
4: now, no terpenes, no strains, um, wow. no cannabinoid content. I mean, you just get to know a ratio or a percent. There's no, um, you know, the genetics aren't there and available to the patient. So there there is no need, there's no keeping it, you know, I would teach people, you keep a journal, you find out what helps your ailments, you can find out what works for you. And it's really the terpenes. It's not, you know, indica or sativa. But yet our program is completely backwards and relies Mm -hmm. on just saying sativa or indica Mm -hmm. blend.
1: Well, the, wow. the terpene issue of it for the, the more entourage of effect, I mean, like in Illinois, the weed that you get from a dispensary isn't all that great. Uh, and so the weed that you get from home grow uh, was actually it's, it's much fresher. And so your terp profile is usually quite a bit better. Uh, But then like I was in Michigan because they actually have bulk flour. So once you have adequate supply, then you can really have fresh, high quality cannabis. And so the Terp stuff that I was getting in Michigan, uh, um, you know, adult use purchase flour was off the charts better compared to Illinois. So I'm hopeful that New York State adopts some type of cultivation Uh, structure so that enough people that want to be able to grow can grow. And the hundred plant license like they have as the class A license in Michigan is an amazing uh, point because it's small enough to really wipe out the vast majority of the illicit market. Because most of the illicit market operations are plants, hundred or less because they're trying to evade uh, detection. Uh, And so like if you have that method to allow the people that are out there growing to get licensed and then to sell to uh, a dispensary after being tested, that's that's really you're going to you're going to have adequate supply and it's going to be safe. And then you have to just be able to retail it. But, you know, we, we retail cannabis. It's fine.
2: Well, there's lots of room for improvement. You know, we'll have to see where it is. But expansion of the medical program, um, you know, that comes at the expense of, of the world's largest marketplace is New York City. And that's an adult use market. So you're going to be working to the exclusion of them. Um, and therefore, there's the, the legacy market just continues on. And the government is going to lose billions. And it's estimated right now $15 billion in revenue is going to flow to New Jersey uh, you know all the legalized states that we're surrounded by, so yeah. it it makes no sense to fight that which has already been here. It's not even.
3: What kind of pushback are you guys seeing as far as like when it comes to like the legalization in in New York State? As far as like what are people afraid of? Like see here we're in our ninth year here in, in Seattle, Washington on legalization. Home grow just finally passed one of our committees, a gaming committee. Right, we're finally might it might happen for us, but. And for that to happen, there was two guys, my friends, that traveled the state and asked all these people, what was the concern? And they created this big list of, like, what, like, the law and, and uh, precautions and whatnot. But, like, I just went to the store on my way here. I got this infused pre-roll. Uh, it says uh, 49% THC because uh, it's got a uh, flower, uh, bubble hash, and some shatter in there. And uh, when I smoke this, the world won't collapse. But like, what are they afraid of? What is? The, what are New York people
1: like? What the? Holy crap! Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe you're holding that with your hands. Shouldn't you get like some science tongs and just be like, look? <laughs> yeah. If I was in the DEA, you know, I'd be
3: wearing like a respirator right now and uh, uh, like a hazmat suit. <laughs> oh,
1: I have an what about? Th- to you. What's up, Nancy? Yeah, good an answer
0: as to why. Okay, we there has been a, a, a concerted effort by the quote, big cannabis companies currently operating the medical me- uh, dispensaries. They lobbied against home grow mm-hmm. and asked Cuomo to criminalize people who do who, who who participate in that. That is why millions of dollars of lobbying money to keep people from doing home grow they say oh there's going to be diversion there's no diversion and the children we've all heard about the children
1: and that's the why we do is, this they're worried about taxes yeah.
0: i don't think it's going to be that much different
3: hmm. well, so yeah, that's, I, my,
0: that, that, that's the problem our own corporate people are get that's Boy, there's,
3: there's That's what I yeah
0: fighting yeah.
1: about that. I like to call that the legacy, uh, like you know, legal market. So the legacy legal market. If you look at the stocks that are out there that say they have these huge market caps, and you look at their debt levels and all this, as soon as it's legal and and uh, the morak passes, all those companies are going to file bankruptcy. They're going to be screwed, and uh, and then they're so big because they are trying to do premium indoor farms. And then they uh, they just try to limit the market. So they they take their money that they make and they go no everything's fine everything's fine. So whatever you do after you legalize it, and they're going to make sure that you sufficiently screw up the licensing process. So they have at least one, maybe two years of monopoly. And then um, you know by then maybe we'll pass the Moore Act. And and man, you can I, I help? Uh, I know how they raise capital. I'm actively involved in assisting ones that are like getting started because it's it's a capital intensive industry. But uh, there's so much more companies. There's so much more business that New York State could have if they take an open approach, still regulate the stuff, you know, like they do in Michigan. But it's a more open approach where the municipality has the ability to say whether or not they want your retail location in their city.
3: Yeah, the tourism, too, will just increase. Yeah. Well, all, all that tourism's going elsewhere
2: until we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Um, so Day, do you, one of do the key things. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me yes.
1: now? Well, I can hear you great. There's a little bit of clacking between yeah. you and Nancy, though.
2: Gotcha. So uh, I think what I understood from Nancy was the opt out provision. And this is pretty critical is. Under the governor's proposal, the counties, um, even though they may have large cities within them, can opt out of the program altogether and say, we don't want adult youths. Whereas under the, the legislative proposal of the MRTA, the municipalities have much greater control over saying that. So you can have towns within a county, some are dry and some are you know, uh, uh, green. And that's a big power struggle that's gonna happen there too, because um, there are significant places um, Long Island uh, has two major counties there that have several million people in them, and that's going to be millions of people deprived that are going to have to drive to another county. And it's, it's, a, um, it's just an infeasible way to approach this because it forgets we have, a, and, and I've heard one state-related uh, uh, person that's been heavily involved in cannabis regulation uh, proposals saying that they think a million pounds a year run through New York City, New York City alone. <laughs> So when you're going to have a county opt out, what do you think is going to happen? Every legacy dealer is going to be wonderfully happy in New York City that they're going to continue to be able to supply their old, you know, their old pals. So um, there's just a lot of lack of foresight and realistic assessment about what the market really is. And so that's what we in normal and other places are doing, trying to say you're missing who your real base is, which it's millions of people that are consumers. And they ought to be attended to rather than denied and continue to be denied because they're just going to do it how they always did.
1: Assuming a wholesale price of $2,500 per pound on that 1 million pounds, that is a $2.5 billion industry. Cash flowing all off the books, all trying to be like held under, like I'm buying newts and and I'm I'm trying to keep everything from uh, being recorded. That's what's going on right now. And they're right. just letting that happen. Well, they're arresting black and brown people, but they're letting it happen.
2: It, it's And it, that's a sad reality. Um, and that needs to change. But you might as well, if you, it's not a, if you can't beat them, join them. But you might as well capitalize on that, which is already there. And yeah. when we call it the legacy market rather than the illicit market, it has sustained people for generations being in the business. So you might as well allow that family business to come above ground mm-hmm. and be productive members because – they are exactly. going to pay their taxes they're going to pay their rents and they are going to end up you know providing all the secondary and tertiary income streams that a city needs to survive that you're not seeing otherwise
1: and that's really the social equity as well man because that that illicit market that's out there who's growing all that stuff who's peddling it all i'll guarantee you it is not corporate white dudes right <laughs> Once you guys get your hot dog. I I, I got some plants myself. Uh, Look at how corporate I am right now. Jesus. Yeah. But you know, the the trucking
2: lines, the shipping lines, the ways it takes a northern or southern route, but it gets to New York. And that's a big chain in between. Bring that above ground. And you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars that now is overt that was covert. Forget the billions of dollars in tax revenue on a million pounds. Just start with that. Let's just be able to pay freight. Hey, you know freight wages on 18 wheelers bringing it. And that, that will be on a national level will improve the situation.
3: That would be amazing.
1: Well, th- uh, Tom, did you guys pull in a billion in taxes last year? A billion? No, we didn't a billion in taxes, it was a billion in sales, and then the taxes are quite difficult to report because there's so many different types of taxes that are on that cannabis, right? There's mm. the cannabis cultivation privilege tax. Then there's, of course, the cannabis excise tax for the retail buyer. And then there's the what the the legislation said the municipality can put on it. So like, hey, New York, pay off your cities, allow them to tax like another three percent like we did. And so then you have your city and your county tax. So that was an extra six percent. And then you have your sales tax, of course. And so like the sales tax is just your boot payment. You know, you get that because and then everything else is on top of it. And that's how a twenty dollar a twenty dollar gram, not a gram, (laughs) becomes a twenty five (laughs) dollar gram. Right.
3: How long long to the hot dog bill? Like once everything gets merged and, and passes how long do t- you think you can see something in, in, in New York state take effect? Like home Grow, We're still trying to get there. When we passed the legalization for recreational, it was a year. We want the and, application
1: window. That's, that's what I want to, I want to see, like, how am I going to be helping people in New York? Can I help you? What do
2: you think?
4: No, I was going to say, David, what, yeah. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm curious too. How, how long do you think?
2: A uh, subject to what instance? I think you're about eighteen months from when they actually pass it to coming up with the idea of how you got to apply for a license, whatever that looks like, to prioritizing putting together a commission to approve them, uh, and particularly social equity applicants are supposed to be front of the line, whoever that may be defined as. That's probably eighteen months, and what will likely happen is if they legalize tomorrow, uh, I think one of the reasons why they're allowing the medical industry to continue its monopolies is they put in 10, 15, $20 million to build up and they have not broken. Even they'll probably nope. give them a one or two year run up of an exclusive monopoly before doors open to an adult use level. Um, so that they can transition from medical to a, a, a bigger uh, adult use model while still preserving their, you know, growth capacities. So. It's 18 months, but you'll see some immediate action if the ROs are allowed to open up to adult use.
1: We need to get it. Oh, I'm sorry. But That, that, that happened in Illinois, and so it's a complete giveaway to the current operators. But hopefully the, um, uh, the first round that comes up 18 months after they actually pass it is going to be an open licensing round where it's not going to be so gamed that the wealthy and most connected of New York can come in and snatch all the licenses. And then that's it. And that's fair. Uh, because if, if that's an opportunity, guys like me are going to figure out how to exploit it and do it. <laughs> it's, David. it's a
2: danger, but I think that's why social equity being as, as readily prioritized as it is, you're not going to be able to just have a front person. They're going to say, show me your corporate books. You may not be able to sell your license for five years. Show me yep. that person actually owns stock in the corporation that you're saying you've put together And show me who your executive levels are, because we want to see diversity, uh, not only on on racial levels, but on gender and and socioeconomic backgrounds and people that have been in the industry that may not have an MBA. But, you know, I can guarantee you they've got master's level knowledge of cannabis. And that's where New York may become a leader. It may actually require people come out and show me that legacy workers are there to make sure you're going to be successful.
0: Penelope, David, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go? I know you guys have a couple normals out there. Uh, where can we go to find and follow what you guys are doing at any of your uh, New York normals?
4: Penelope, go ahead. Oh, we follow under Empire State Normal out here since we're we're rural, so there's no website or anything. It's just what do you guys have?
0: David, where can we go to learn more uh, about and, New York Normal or Empire State Normal?
2: Uh, so it, it's, it's uh, empirestatenormal.org. And uh, you can find us there. And there are um, the Start Smart campaign. Uh, I would say that you ought to look at that. That has a lot of the advocacy that we're pillar group in and what's happening between the two different propositions are out there.
0: Awesome, thank you guys again for joining us. And thanks for tuning in everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe, to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday.